Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. This is Pastor Sherman Burkett, and this is Grace in Truth, a devotion that is meant to encourage you and also challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through a time in the Word and a time together in prayer. And today is April the 15th, 2020, and today is tax day, or it ordinarily would have been. But because of COVID-19, tax filing deadlines have been pushed off till July the 15th, 2020. And for many, that is great news under the circumstances, but... You you have to know something big has happened in the world if the federal government is giving you extra time to file your taxes, and it has. The truth is the world has changed, and we it has changed in ways that we can't fully fathom right here in this moment, and it has happened so very quickly. In fact, in March, the beginning of March, if you would have told all of us that schools would have been closed and the economy would have been shut down and everyone would have had to wear masks and be confined to their home by April and that, that we wouldn't even have Easter services, we would have thought that somebody's cheese slipped off their cracker. We would have thought they'd lost their minds. But the truth is, here we are. The world has changed, and it's changed in unimaginable ways. But let me tell you what has not changed. And what has not changed is God. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the one constant in all of the universe. He is the sovereign Lord, and He is in control And because of that, you and I do not have to live in fear or anxiety because he not only is holy and sovereign, but he is trustworthy and he's compassionate. He loves us. That should be encouraging by itself, which, by the way, makes me very grateful. And that reminds me that gratitude is an important part of life in general, but especially for the Christian life. And no matter who you are and no matter what you've done and no matter what you're going through in your life, you have a lot of things that you can be grateful to God for. He has given you more than you can possibly imagine. He is so very good to all of us. And I have many things in my own life that I'm grateful for. But today, I'm especially grateful for our missionaries that we support around the world who are right now laboring to share the gospel with Jesus Christ with all that they come in contact with. And I'm grateful for their sacrifice. I'm grateful for their love for their fellow man. And I'm grateful that they are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would like to give a quick shout out to some of the missionaries that we support. We have Stephen Larson and his wife who work in China, Kevin Young, who him and his family are in Russia, Ryan Case and his family are in Mexico, Jason Tate, who was just recently here to give us an update. He and his family are in Honduras. Froy Medina and his family are in the Philippines. Gary Keck is in Papua New Guinea. Andrew Au in Hong Kong, Daniel Gardner in Japan, uh, Justin Hayes in Spain, and Boron's very own Vincent Morgan, who uh, Morgan Tract, his family was named after that. I mean, the tract, it was named after his family. Vincent Morgan, he's our missionary to the Jewish community in New York. And then our brother Asif Rashid, our indigenous missionary in Pakistan. I am grateful for all of these men and their families for taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I'm grateful to all of you who support First Baptist Church and our missionaries around the world. But what about you? What are you grateful for? Our sister Debbie um, in Christ, she said, um, 
She said that she is grateful for those that she loves and every breath that she takes uh, that God has given her because every breath is a gift from God. And I would certainly agree with that. And I'd also like to hear from you. What are you thankful to God for in your life? You can message me here on Facebook. You can email me at fbcboron at gmail.com, or you can call me here at 760-762-5149. I would love to hear from you. Now, today, if you have a Bible, please take it out and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 9. And it says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now I have heard a lot of people speculate about what the thorn in, God, in Paul's flesh is here in this text. And some people say that, that it's a physical ailment, that it's either an illness or it's an infirmity, while other people will think that it's a struggle with something like sin. Now, I personally think it's the first, but here's the thing. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter what he actually was battling. The source of Paul's affliction is not the issue here. The issue here is the sufficiency of the grace of God. Is God's grace enough for you. When life is hard and you face difficult circumstances like right now, is his grace enough for you? Is it enough to get you through? Is it enough to carry you forward? Is his grace enough to keep your heart and your mind focused on Christ and your and your walk with him? That is the question. And my t-shirt right here says that I'm wearing, uh, it's a gift from my wife from G3 says, theology matters, right? And it does because especially when it comes to, to this text here, right? Because what is grace? What is grace and why is it enough for us when we experience pain? Why is it enough for us when we go through incredible difficulty? Why is it enough that when Paul is pleading to God to remove some difficulty out of his life, that Jesus says, no, you're going to suffer through this. My grace is sufficient for you. The answer to that question is really going to depend on your starting point. It's going to depend on your theology. It's going to depend on who you see yourself as and who you see God as. Because if you begin with the assumption that mankind is basically good, and, and that by his nature that he is good, but he just sometimes makes mistakes, as so many preachers will say, then this text really is not going to make any sense to you at all. Because what is grace? Grace ultimately is the undeserved gift from God. It is unmerited favor. It is his unearned love. It is undeserved. Grace is the opposite of mercy. You see, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment that you deserve. It's not getting the bad things that you have earned by your behavior and your attitude. But grace, by contrast, is getting what you don't deserve. It's getting good things that you don't deserve in spite of the fact that you don't deserve them. But if we are good people, if in our nature we are good, we just make mistakes once in a while, then we actually deserve good things to happen to us, right? Because we're good, 
right? We deserve life. We deserve the breath of life. We deserve happiness. We deserve relationships. We deserve a relationship with God. We deserve the best that God has to give us. If we are good people, right, we deserve to have our mistakes overlooked because we're good. We deserve that. And if that's who you are or who you think that we are, then grace doesn't make any sense. Why? Because if you deserve it, then by definition, it's not grace. And there's the issue. If you deserve it, it's owed to you. It's an obligation to you. God owes you something. And grace ceases to be grace. But we understand that God owes us nothing. Nothing. Why? Well, number one, he is the sovereign Lord and we're not. And number two, we're not good. We're not good people who occasionally make mistakes. We are fallen, broken people who live in a fallen, broken world amongst other fallen, broken people. And by our nature, before Christ, we all, by our nature, ran from God. We hid from God. We rebelled from God. We loved our sin. We hated the God who created all things. All of us. Why? Because we wanted to live our own way, according to our own standards. We didn't want to be lorded over. We didn't want to lord over our lives. We wanted to be our own lords. We wanted to be our own king, our own sovereign. We wanted to be autonomous. We didn't want anyone or anything to tell us what to do. We wanted to live for ourselves, to follow our wicked hearts, to indulge in our, our sinful appetites. We're not good people who make occasional mistakes. The fact of the matter is when you read the Bible, you understand we are wretched, depraved, selfish, vain, prideful, greedy people. We are rebels against God who can only do good because God, by his grace, is restraining the evil in our hearts. Think about who you are. You know that you're capable of horrific things if, if you weren't restrained to do so. We all are. We know, right? Think about when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, how in a moment you think about throat punching someone, right? We've all been there. We are all capable of great evil, but God in his grace restrains us and allows us to do good. And we are completely undeserving of anything that God would give us except his wrath and his justice. Understand that. We, by our nature, don't deserve anything from God except for his justice. And that's who we have been. And in light of that, then, this text makes sense. Because we understand that everything that we have, then, is by God's overwhelming grace. Because we don't deserve, then everything he has given us is a gracious gift. The very next breath that you have is a gracious gift from God. He gave it to you. He allowed you to have it. Your family, your friends, the money that's in your bank account, the clothes on your back, the sun that warms us on this beautiful day, the community that we'll live in, all those things are gracious, undeserved gifts of God. And, and if God, if that's all that he was to do for us, if that's all that he had given us, if all that we experienced was the goodness that we have in this life alone, that is more than we would have ever deserved in all of our life a thousand times over. But God, because he is 
gracious. And his grace is an unending ocean of grace. He made a way for us to be saved and to be reconciled back to him. God sent him, his son, Jesus Christ, into the world on a rescue mission. And he came to save you. He died on the cross to pay a penalty for sin that you actually deserve. That's mercy. And he lived a perfect life so that you can, so that he can give you a righteous standard before God that you don't deserve. That is grace. And he was resurrected back to new life, proving that sin and death had been conquered. And he ascended into heaven, interceding for you right now in this moment at the right hand of the Father, pleading your case. And and through the Holy Spirit, he abides in you, leading you, guiding you, and sh- shaping you, and assuring you that you belong to him. That's grace on top of grace, on top of grace, on top of grace. And then in addition to that, he's promised to never leave you or forsake you. And he's promised to provide for you and to take care of you. Yes, brothers and sisters, his grace is sufficient for you and for me and all those who trust in him. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all that you have given us and done for us. We thank you, Lord God, for your unending grace, your unmerited favor, the love that you that you have decided to bestow upon us even though we have rejected you and and spurned you. Father, we thank you that you have changed our hearts so we could receive that love. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for all that you're doing for us. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're working for our good. Your word promises that you are, again, more grace. Father, right now we pray for those who are the who are suffering from the the physical effects of this virus, that you would heal them. We pray for the frontline workers, that you'd protect them, the essential workers as well. We pray also, Lord God, for those who are afflicted financially, you'd provide for them. We pray for the leadership of our country now, that as we are beginning to come out of this, and as as the curve is flattening, Lord God, that the leaders would then stop with the power grab and then do what is right for our country and right for our people and get our country back to work and our people back into their churches and our kids back into their schools, that our country would be back on track. But in that, we would have a renewed sense of who we are and who you are and that you would create revival in our country because of it. And that, Lord, that we would not then take it for granted anymore, the freedoms that we have been given in our country our freedom to assemble, and our freedom to practice our faith as we see fit, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to see how important those things are. And Father, we thank you for our missionaries abroad. We pray that you would bless them and protect them. We pray for our brother Asif. We pray, Lord, for his mom who has just lost her father at 90 years old, Lord. But they rejoice because they know where he is, that he is in Christ. We pray your blessing over all of them. We pray for revival in this country and in our community. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now as we wrap up, I just want to share with you one last thing. A very good friend of mine and a pastor of a church in uh, Palmdale, uh, Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Palmdale. His name is uh, Pastor Richard Barcelos, a good friend of mine and a mentor to me, um, he shared this prayer 
um, on, on Facebook, and I would just like to share that with you, and maybe this might be the cry of your heart as well. And he says, Lord, it's me. I'm a pitiful Christian, but a Christian nonetheless. I believe the gospel. Thank you for the grace of faith. I do not deserve nor earn it, but you have, but have it by your power. Thank you. I am weak, feeble, and full of doubt at times. Help. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that's the prayer of my heart as well. And I pray that it would be the prayer of your heart as well, that you would come to the Lord and thank him for your grace, his grace and mercy and, and lean upon him and trust in him even more as we go through times like this. Please know that you were loved, you were prayed for, and you were deeply missed. Grace and peace. We will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.